Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Oh, and Judy has booked a humdinger of a show today. We got a really big hue. Let me tell you what we have. Of course, Dr. Marty Becker will be joining us. And his topic today, this is pretty intriguing, a list of red flags that strongly suggest you should look for another vet. Ooh. So he'll tell you mm. the things you need to, to look out for at your vet's office. You don't have to put up with your vet. No, you don't. You really don't. And even Dr. Debbie will tell you that. She'll suggest if you're not getting the answers from your vet, find a new one. But uh, Dr. Marty Becker will have that list in just a couple of minutes right here. Also very excited, uh, Maya Bialik will be joining us. Now, you may know her from uh, the Big Bang Theory. She plays a, 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 some kind of doctor, a neuros- neuroscientist or, or neuropsychiatrist on the Big Bang Theory on CBS. And, of course, she was Blossom. Remember the show Blossom? Yeah, She played absolutely. on... Yeah, don't we all? Doogie Hauser, Murphy Brown, MacGyver, Empty Nest, Curb Your Enthusiasm, and now she's very involved with the animals. Lori Brooks working hard in the newsroom. What do you have coming up this hour? Well, you know, we all love junk food, and we all love giving our pets treats. And we'll tell you how those are really probably even more similar than we dared believe, according to some new research that is out. That's coming up. And what do you say we go to the phones? Hey, Sherry, how are you doing? Well, you know, I've got a little overweight chihuahua, and I know that's an issue, but she's got some back issues, and I just wanted to ask your vet some questions today. All right. Well, this is Dr. Debbie here. What can I do for you? Dr. Debbie, um, well, you know, we took her into the, uh, the veterinarian about a month ago, and they gave me some pain pills for her. Um, she just woke up crying one night. Um, no reason, no rhyme or reason. She was laying on my lap and she woke up crying. And so now she's real timid, doesn't want anybody to touch her. She doesn't want to play. And um, pain medication, it helped a little bit, but she's just so frightened of you even coming near her to, to you know, soothe her that she's afraid it's going to hurt. And my curiosity is, how do you feel about chiropractics for dogs? Well, I think... Um the, the most important thing when we're talking about how to best manage a case is to really have a good handle on what we're treating. And before I'd ever call in alternative modalities, I want to know what we're treating. Mm-hmm. And, and from what you're saying, I have some more questions here. Because you said she was in pain. Did the veterinarian help? Did they kind of isolate where they thought she was being they displaying pain? In her neck. Um, in her she, neck. Okay. They, they've pushed, they checked all of her paws to see if she had like got her claw caught in something and then they mm-hmm. pushed on her belly and they did everything and they took her blood test and everything came back fine. So when, when like she normally plays with this little rag stuffed animal and I'll throw it and she'll, she'll forget that she's hurting and she'll go to get it and then mm-hmm. halfway there she starts crying. Okay. So we noticed that even this the other day, I had thrown it and it landed on the back of her neck, on her on her you know, shoulder area, and she mm-hmm. just screamed. Oh, so okay. I think we've narrowed it down to something in her neck. Okay. And did they obtain any x-rays on her? No, we haven't done any x-rays. 
Okay. Because for, especially when we talk about neck and what kind of help we can or can't do, I want to get some good x-rays. And usually okay. to get good x-rays on a dog, we, we have to give them a little bit of pain medicine, something to kind of sedate them, to relax the muscles along the spine area. Uh-huh. Um, but in chihuahuas, there is a condition that I am you know, certainly a little more concerned with, um, as well as in other toy breeds of dog. And in the neck, they can have a kind of anatomical problem with the first two vertebrae in their neck and Mm -hmm. uh, there are some that are born with this and i didn't ask you how old your baby was she's going to be three in august three okay so um there's a what we call atlantoaxial subluxation um, or what we call the aa luxation and it involves the first two bones in the neck and toy breeds are a little bit more prone to this than other breeds and it Mm -hmm. basically um because the bones don't form appropriately the ligaments um are not as strong and they're prone to pressure against the spine and that can Mm -hmm. be very serious especially if you twist and pull and do things to the neck so that's one reason Mm -hmm. why in these instances, I don't recommend okay. chiropractic um, adjustments unless we really know what we're up against because it could be okay. very devastating and dangerous to do that if we have an AA luxation. But okay. if we have you know cervical problems where the other discs are just having problems and there's some um, narrowness, putting pressure on the spine, you know maybe that we can use some other therapies to help them out. But I think that's going to be the first thing is really get some good X-rays and see okay. if we can identify where that might be. And that, that can be a challenge because sometimes the neck is a tough area to look at with X-rays. So sometimes we have to do MRI or CT to better look at that. Okay. But um, for me, if I have some generalized neck pain, we think we're having some spine problems in dogs, I do like to use um, different things. So I use pain mm-hmm. medicines, sometimes non-steroidal pain relievers, mm-hmm. along with um, medicines like tramadol, which is an opioid-like pain reliever. Mm-hmm. And then I'll even use, um, just because there's a lot of tenseness and discomfort in the neck, we'll use muscle relaxants like methocarbamol. And in some of my back patients, I'll use all three of those and Mm -hmm. um, kind of use those to to best manage them, uh, keep their activity down, and see if we can get them past the the bout of extreme discomfort at that time. Okay. Um, And then you did mention, um, you know, that your baby's overweight, so um, weight management can play a huge role to limit the need for medications um, and to relieve discomfort. Yeah, well, we're we're working on that. It's 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 the husband who won't stop feeding her. <laughs> oh, I'm doing really yeah. good, but he won't. So yeah. he's been scolded yeah. by the vet several times, and I now I think he's taken <laughs> control of it. But she's good, also my good. most timid little one. You know, I have okay. two chihuahuas, so this one she doesn't walk on a leash. She doesn't even know she's a dog. So she's very timid anyway, <laughs> and always has been. She uses the stairs to get up on the couch and down, and, you know, she doesn't jump or anything. So I know it wasn't an injury because she just doesn't even extend herself that far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's where, with at least this um, this luxation problem in the neck, some dogs, they're just born with it. So yeah, um, it doesn't have to be... It, it was from birth, and that's why she's yeah. always been afraid to do jumping and things like that. So one other thing that we can try is laser therapy to help manage um, pain from arthritis as well as spinal disease. So that might be something else if your vet has that available. Okay. 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 Well, best wishes with that little one, Sherry, and tell your husband to lay off those snacks with your baby. I'm going to. Yeah, blame it on the husband. It's always the husband. It, they're they're always the ones that are making the, the animals fat, huh? Yep, that's in my household. <laughs> Hi, Tricia. Hey, how are you, you doing? Good. Where are you calling from? Uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Is it a beautiful day there in Raleigh? It's a little chilly, but it's uh, typical. 
So what's Beautiful. going on with your animals? Do you have a dog? Oh, I have two ratties, um, rat terriers, um, a mini breed. Uh-huh. Um, the one that I'm concerned about is a rescue. And she's supposedly around six, that's her guesstimation, but she's graying in her face more than um, oh. Petey, the old, older one. But this is what's going on. It appears that when I take them for a walk, now Chloe is uh, spayed, so what I've been noticing, and I can't see it all the time, obviously, with ground, that you know how dogs like working. Well, there's times it looks like she might be straining. I mean, there's nothing left to mark with. But I did notice last week that on, on a leaf, that it appeared to be blood. Okay. Not, oh, boy. It's kind of bloodish tone. But she has, it doesn't happen all the time or that I cannot see it all the time. So, Trisha, let me ask you, with your, with your little girl, does she have any accidents in the house? She does on occasion. She, I mean, not always. But there's been spurts that, like, really? I'm, we're getting up in the morning, we have a routine, and I'm a firm believer of the routine, and they're created during the day. But there's occasionally that, ta-da, look at okay. what I left him on. <laughs> and, and has that been something she's always done, or is that just no, kind of maybe no. recent? Okay. It's, it's sporadic. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you, in a spayed female dog that is having red discoloration in her urine, it's never normal. So this is definitely something she needs to see a veterinarian for. And the things that come to mind um, when I hear this, and especially kind of more of a chronic problem where maybe she has these accidents and maybe occasionally you see blood, but it's not always a persistent thing. For me, I'd really make sure we check her out for some urinary stones. That's kind of the first thing that really comes to mind. A urinary wow. infection is also possible, but usually um, with at least more severe infections, it's pretty kind of hits them pretty hard and fast. So just like us, if we have a urinary infection, there's urgency. You got to run to the bathroom. You're uncomfortable. So the symptoms are kind of hit you all, you know, relatively fast. Um, so that's what's making me think that maybe this might be something more of a urinary calculus or a stone of some sort that it can be kind of intermittent and not so severe that it's kind of doubling her over or sending her running out the doggy door every minute. Um, There are also some other things that can crop up in the urinary tract, whether there are polyps or types of tumors. Um, So, you know, those might be other things to consider. But for me, I'd say we need to get a urine sample, and I would probably get an x-ray to look and see if we've got any potential stones showing up. But, uh, yeah, you definitely need to get this gal in there. I thought so, but it's easier to get a hold of you guys. (laughs) trying to get an appointment and not know what direction I'm being led to unnecessarily. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's a great point is you don't you don't want to have things done that aren't necessary. But I can tell you from what you're saying, this gal definitely needs a urine sample and I would say even an x-ray. Um, and when you do make that appointment, one important thing that I could tell pet owners is really if you've got a urinary type symptom going on, you don't want her to go to the bathroom right out front at the veterinary office. You want to have her crossing her legs when she walks in because it's going to make things a little bit easier for the veterinary staff if she's not just gone and eliminated everything out of her bladder. Yeah, see, that's the hard. How do you do that without having an accident in the car? Right? <laughs> well, most most of it is just not. A lot of people, the the first thing you do when you get to the vet office is you go right to that grassy spot. So that's basically what we'd ask you not to do is just, you know, oh, yeah. just get her right in the door. Don't stop at any places where she kind of sniffs and wants to pick up another sense. You just get her in that door. So 
other than that, that's about the best you can do. Yeah, carry the sucker in. Fortunately, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. being uh, seven to ten pounds, that's easy. That's so. a benefit. Yeah, they're they're portable. <laughs> yeah, yes. Well, well thank good you luck so with much. that. And I love listening to you guys because that's uh, I, I was disappointed. In fact, I canceled XM Radio because I couldn't get you guys, and now I can <sighs> get you on um, Heart Radio. So that was a huge blessing. Good for so, you, Trisha. I love y'all. We we love listening to you. <laughs> Yeah, puppy pads are convenient, but sometimes they're really gross. That's why the Animal Radio Studio stunt dog, Ladybug, uses the Brilliant Pad self-cleaning puppy pad. We love how it handles number one and number two. It seals away the waste and replaces dirty pads for us. Brilliant Pad keeps our home clean and smelling fresh. All we do is replace the roll once every few weeks, and the process is fast and clean. In fact, Ladybug gives it five paws up. Learn more about it at BrilliantPad.com. Hi, this is Doug Gray of the Marshall Tucker Band. And forever, you'll always be listening to Animal Radio. Keep loving those pets. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. For some reason, I have the urge to take the dogs and go walking in the park. Seems like a good thing to do. Let's see. We're just moments away from Mayim Bialik. And she's from the Big Bang Theory. We're going to go back to the phones in a couple of seconds and answer your calls. You can also ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. You're back on Pepsi One today, Dr. Debbie. What's the deal there? Are you switching back it's, and forth? Diet Pepsi today, yeah. yeah. And, and there's so much bad research about what it does to your body and all the bad things, but I can say I'm an addict. <laughs> you need like a 12-step program. Or something like that. You know what? I need to go somewhere where oh, I just can't have it and just like someone gives me only good things. Yeah. I don't think there's so. anywhere in the world where they don't have Pepsi or Coke. So. But you know what? What's great is like our pets, we provide things for them. So th- we control what we put in their mouths. Um, ah. you know, so Much easier maybe, to take care of your pets than it is yourself is what you're saying. I, I say yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, we're going to go to the phones. Dr. Debbie's going to help you, and she'll she'll treat your animals much better than she treats her stomach. I guarantee it. <laughs> Lori Brooks working in the newsroom. What do you got this hour mm-hmm. or next hour? Well, coming up, the American Veterinary Medical Association reminds us of its stance on marijuana mm. concerning your pet. It's in the news all the time now. You can't get away from it. It is. So I'm going to tell you that. It seems like, and I'm curious to, to, I wonder what their stance would be. I kind of have a feeling I know, but it's interesting how there's a lot of acceptance now for marijuana for pets for health reasons. And there's even a couple of uh, treats out on the market, even though pot could be very dangerous for your animal. So, uh, you know, there's really no way to... It depends on who's spinning that story, Hal. Yeah, that's absolutely correct, as everything is in life. Uh, Let's hit the phones... Hey, Dennis. Hi. How you doing? Oh, yes. Where are you calling from today? Uh, Southern California, near the wine wine country down here. Where yeah. again? Wildemar? Wildemar is the name of the town, a small town, halfway between L.A. and San Diego. Oh, okay. Very nice area. Hey, listen, what's going on with your animals today? Well, I have a, a dog here that's uh, about eight years old now. And uh, I just can't get him to stop lifting his leg and peeing on everything in sight. <laughs> if I, you know, the other day I got, I got a UPS package. Before I could get there, he already had it soaked down for me. 
Oh my and, gosh! Yeah, boy, and, that's. Uh, he's been neutered. He okay. was neutered at about eight months old. He was a rescue dog, and ever, ever since we, we've we had him, we got him right after he was neutered at about uh, about eight months old, and he's lifted his leg always. But uh, but boy, it's like out of control now. <laughs> he, okay. just, he wants that, to sign I, everything. Yeah, that's di- difficult to take that, I'll say. Now, does he mark in the house um, predominantly, or does he have... He's a guard He's a guard dog. He's uh, probably three-quarter, maybe more, Great Pyrenees. Okay. And uh, he's a guard dog for our alpacas. Oh, so he has a job then. Yes, he does, and he does a great job at that, too. He's really good at it. He's a very smart dog, and uh, coyotes come around. Boy, he's right there. Okay, so does he spend most of his time outdoors, or does he spend kind of equal inside and out? No, all the time out. He's outside all, all the, the time. time. <laughs> yeah, okay. He's, the animal's here. All right, so he's marking, so he has access to, like, the front of the house, the porch, things like that, where he's right. getting to the he packages. Has, yeah, he has access all around the property. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow, Dennis, you know, the first thing that I'm going to say is that he's doing everything you're asking him to do, <laughs> is that he's an outside dog who has a job of protecting his uh, property and keeping those other dogs, the coyotes, away. So he does that by his presence and by sending his scent around in the means of urine marking. Um, It's going to be very hard for him to understand that that's what you want him to do in some situations, but not when the UPS guy comes around or, um, you know, if something else comes onto his property that looks new, foreign, or like he has to mark his presence to that object. Um, does he ever urine mark on people? No, he never does that. No. No, okay. He's great with people. He's fantastic with, with people and and kids especially. He just loves them. Mm-hmm. No yeah. But, and, but can you see the difficulty here is that this is exactly what he's he knows in his life is that he yeah. has to kind of guard the property. And, uh, you know, I, I think that unless he's going to have a major change in his lifestyle, I, you know, I don't know that we're going to be able to tell him, you know, don't mark on this particular thing. Now, unless you have a certain area that we're going to completely make off limits, um, you know, if that's a part of the uh, the home environment that he doesn't get around the front porch, then there are ways where you can train him to not come near that. Um, but if he's got free roam, then that's really tough. <laughs> That's what I thought might, you might be telling me, but uh, <laughs> he does a good job no. at what he's supposed to be doing here, what he's hired for, right? You know Exactly. He's earning his keep with you, so... Absolutely. So, you know, what? I'd tell the UPS guy to be a little bit more selective where he put those boxes and tell him that your baby is taking care of the house and home and doing his job. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Red Barn. And during these uncertain times, Red Barn is grateful for the consistent love and joy our pets bring into our lives. They're also grateful for their all-natural, long-lasting dog chews. Now diligently working alongside their pet parents, your dog deserves a break in between those video chat sessions and lap sitting. Red Barn chews are the natural way to distract your dog during the day or give their paws a break from typing up emails. Thank you, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hello, this is Dr. Paul on Animal Radio. Take care of the pets and make sure that in these hot days that they get in lots of water and don't tie them outside in the sun because then they get a heat stroke.
People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our grain-free rolled food. It's protein-packed with less risk of food sensitivity. This is an Animal Radio News Update. Hi, I'm Lori Brooks. You know, I know one of the feel-good moments of my day that I can count on is giving treats to my pets. But some of the most popular treats that we give cats and dogs these days, we find out, contain more calories than human junk food. There's some new research out that shows that a few pet treats have as many as 415 calories. So that's uh, like an equivalent of a glazed donut. Unlike most food packaging, though, treats for our dogs and cats contain very little nutritional information. But this analysis by Direct Line Pet Insurance revealed a lot of well-known brand names are really overdoing it when it comes to calories. Like they're saying Bonio Dog Treats. 323 calories, that's per 100 grams. They contain 53% more calories when compared to a McDonald's Big Mac. Now, one Bonio dog biscuit has 78 calories. That's about 7% of an adult lab's daily allowance if it is exercised normally. Now, if your pet is overweight, keep in mind, you still want to reward it for good behavior, but there are lots of healthy alternatives. You might want to try something uh, carrot sticks. Dogs and cats love, well, mostly dogs love carrot sticks, but they both love plain cooked chicken. So you can try that instead because they're low in calories and high in nutrients. Well, I think uh, we all cringe when you're, you know, on a hot summer day walking from your car into a store through a hot parking lot and you see invariably somebody's got a dog in their car with the windows rolled up. Now providing greater protection for animals is the premise behind this new legislation being introduced in New York that would allow a concerned citizen there to remove a pet found to be suffering in an extremely hot vehicle. The assemblyman there, John Soretto, says currently in New York, if someone tries to break into a vehicle to rescue an animal, that person could be charged with a criminal offense. But this new legislation that's been introduced would allow a person to take what they call the necessary steps to remove an animal from a hot vehicle if you could not locate a police officer fast enough. According to the National Humane Society, the temperature inside a car, even with the windows slightly opened, can reach about 102 degrees within 10 minutes, even on an 85-degree day. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Hi, this is Ed Begley Jr. on Animal Radio. Live simply so that others may simply live. Live at the Red Barn Studios, you're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy. Oh, I wanted to remind you, you can ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for your iPhone or Android. It's a a free download. Not only ask your questions, uh, but listen to the show and go through some amazing resources. They've just updated the app, and if you haven't downloaded it yet... 
Do it now. Well, we're with Dr. Marty Becker, our veterinary correspondent. He's uh, calling in on the phone today because he... I don't, where are you today? What city are you in? I'm in New York City. New York City? New York City here at, uh, on Madison Avenue. That's so jealous. Listen, I wanted to get you on the phone because we've had a couple of calls in the last couple of weeks. People just unsure about their veterinarians. And I understand that you actually have a list of things, red flags that we should look for in our veterinarians that might make us want to look for a new veterinarian. I'm sure this will probably be a popular topic. Dr. Oz calls me America's veterinarian, but America's veterinarian wants to be clear. Not all veterinarians are created equal. And (laughs) just like with any profession, there's really good ones, there's good ones, and there's ones that are not so good. Okay. So I will never say, oh, my gosh, you know, your veterinarian can't be wrong, or they, you know, I'm sure they didn't miss a diagnosis because it's just not true. And, and unfortunately, most people think their veterinarian graduated out or near the top of their class. And I want to give people some things that they can look at to know when it's time to change veterinarians. And, and one thing to understand, you can't tell so much of what happens in medicine you can't judge. Let's say you take your dog one place to be spayed and it took another dog to another place to be spayed and took the third dog to another place to be spayed. You have no idea what happens inside. You have no idea how long the surgery took, uh, what the, you know, what we call hemostasis, you know, how much bleeding there was, how much trauma there was to the tissues, what kind of materials they used. Uh, But there are some things that you can tell from, you know, from the outside. Was the pet trimmed uh, very neatly? So where the hair is gone, is it as neat as what we hope happens inside? Is it clean? Does it not smell? But I'll tell you some of the things that are red flags for sure. Okay. And and these are not in any particular order, but one is that the veterinarian does not do pain control. You know, I've just turned 60. I've been a practicing veterinarian for 35 years, and I was taught in veterinary school. So people my age, the pets did not feel pain. And if they did, it was actually good because they were less active as they were recovering. And and we now know that's absurd, that pets have the same neural pathways as humans do. And so if your veterinarian doesn't, if you're going in for say, a spay or neuter or for teeth cleaning, they should have pain medication before, during, and after surgery. So if your veterinarian does not do pain control, uh, I'd look for change in a veterinarian. Okay. No, so make sure that they're using anesthetic or pain control with, uh, with the procedures that they're yeah, doing. Yeah, like if you had, I just had somebody call me, call me on the road that had a, uh, this literally just happened. Their dog was mauled by another dog. It was a little uh, Shih Tzu cross mauled by a Great Dane, and the, went to a veterinarian. The veterinarian says, oh, it's, you know, the wound's okay, and plucked a little hair out and didn't put on pain medication. Uh, this little dog was, was picked up, shook, and had puncture wounds. I mean, mm. this dog's in, in horrible pain. And so it was vomiting, and so I had him go to another veterinarian and, and got on pain medication, and the dog's doing really well today. So that, that's a real-world example of something that just happened. Never oh, go to a veterinarian that that doesn't do pain control for things that you know, like, you know, spay or neuter, knee surgery, dentistry, wound care. Second thing would be for dentistry. You know, I was taught that back then we did ultrasonic cleaning. Well, we thought that was the very latest for, for animal dentistry. And now you need to have, go to a veterinarian that has, can take dental radiographs. They're different than the radiographs you take with a normal machine. Uh, you also want to make sure that they polish the teeth after they're done and they use sealants. So How would I know if they use sealants or if they use an x-ray machine? You would, want to, you would want to ask if they have a digital dental x-ray and actually ask, okay, once the teeth are cleaned, are they polished and is there a sealant? If you, if you polish, it, it, I'll tell you what happens with ultrasonic cleaner. Think of, a, think of a cobblestone road in Greenwich Village in New York. That's what the tooth surface looks like. It's pitted. 
and the, the, the good veterinarians will polish that so it's nice and smooth. It's like, you know, Interstate uh, 84, you know, up where I live. It's nice, smooth surface. And then the sealant helps prevent the plaque from attaching to the tooth. Mm, okay. So, so those are things you can find out. You would actually want to ask. And, um, and then the other things, it's really, uh, you know, if you take a tour of the hospital, I like to have people take a tour of the hospital. And even if you are been an existing client, ask if you can look and see where the surgeries are done, see where the animals are kept. And you want to make sure that if they're doing surgery that they have a cap, gown, and mask on. Uh, some of the inferior veterinarians will just put gloves on. They won't have a cap. They won't have a mask. They won't have a gown on. Again, it's cheaper to do it that way, but you're putting your pet's uh, health sure. at risk. And then I think, I think another thing is they never do diagnostic tests. So the veterinarian that always, well, I think it's this, or, you know, <laughs> this dog's got blank, but I don't do diagnostic tests. And I think worse yet is they don't refer. A lot of veterinarians are loath to refer because they, they want to keep the income to themselves, and also they don't want to, some don't want to be found, found wrong, that they made a misdiagnosis. But I've had a saying for 35 years, and you, you and I have been, and Hal and Judy have been friends for a, a decade or two. You can be accused <laughs> of missing a diagnosis. You can be accused of charging too much. You can be accused of being late for an appointment, but you can never be accused of not looking after the best interests of the pet. Yeah. Yes. If that means that it needs a test, you're speaking for it, it needs it. If that means you refer it to somebody that has an expertise that you don't have, you refer it. If it needs a second opinion, you refer it. So... I guess to summarize it up, make sure they use pain control. Uh, when they're doing dentistry, make sure that there's the new stuff we've learned about being able to take digital dental radiographs and doing polishing and sealants. And uh, again, that, that's, a shine, that's a sign of intelligence of being a great vet as if you actually refer early and often. Mm, okay, we're going to put this list over at AnimalRadio.com. So if you have questions about your vet, we'll look over the list and, and see if your vet's practicing the way he should or she should be practicing because we want the best for your animals and you should too and uh, just like any other business there's always a, a crackpot in every single business and that applies to radio disc jockeys too dr marty <laughs> becker thank you so much for joining us hang Thanks, tight Hey, don't forget, you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Pets. Taking the pet out of petrified. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Groundbreaking research has found that caring for pets can improve the behavior and social interaction of troubled teens. Backed by a three-year grant from the IMS Company, CBR Youth Connect set out to scientifically evaluate whether working with dogs in its innovative pet therapy program, New Leash on Life, could effectively help troubled teens. The Colorado program pairs unwanted dogs with troubled teens who then care for and train the dogs for 10 weeks prior to being placed in adoptive homes. Many teens in the program improved in some crucial areas of functioning, with gains in positive social behavior, including bonding and attachment, anger management, and responsibility. The dogs improved, too. You can adopt one at PetFinder.com. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people, too. Animal Radio. Hey, folks, this is Jackson Galaxy. You're listening to Animal Radio. Please do everyone a favor, spay or neuter your animals today. Admit it. You love your dog, and he is part of the family. 
So when choosing your next vacation, don't forget Fido. With just a little planning, the entire family can enjoy a road trip. To find the best vacation spot for Spot, subscribe to Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog, where each issue includes hotel and destination reviews, where both you and Fido are welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and find out what all the barking's about. It's Animal Radio. I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but coming up in just a few minutes, Mayan Bialik, who you will know from uh, the Big Bang Theory, or as Blossom, if you're that old. Ah, yes. Hey, I resent that. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out, is, that, uh, is Blossom our time, or was she just a little bit after yeah, our time? Yeah, Blossom was our time. I wow. think so, yeah. Well, she's yeah. Uh, doing some great things for the animals, and we'll talk to her in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. But right now, we have Bose, Bose Hadley. On the phone. How are you doing, Bose? Fine. How are you doing, Hal? I love your name. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, I dig the new book. It's called Holy Cow. Yeah. And uh, you're talking about all these great things that uh, these, this terminology that we've used once or twice in the past. Like I just used let the cat out of the bag yeah. just a few minutes ago. <laughs> Our curiosity killed the cat earlier today. Mm-hmm. And you actually wrote a book that kind of goes un- undercover. You find out where all of these words came from. Yes, because we use hundreds of them. We're almost used to them, but we hear them all the time. And then also when we put down a person, we're so unfair to animals, we call them a snake or a dog or a rat (laughs) and a weasel and so on. Yeah, or that they have a bird brain. And in fact, uh, birds are very, very smart. So I take that as a compliment when someone says I'm a bird brain. Exactly. And also to eat like a bird is another misnomer because they have to eat extra for the energy to sustain flight. I didn't know that. (laughs) Let's start with a real basic one here. Hot dogs. You know, hot dogs have no dogs in it, at least not in this country. It's uh, usually pig lips, I understand. But uh, why do we call them hot dogs? Basically because of the shape. They were, first of all, the people who brought them to the U.S. were from Germany, from Frankfurt, as in Frankfurter. And then remember that in German, Vienna is Wien, and a person from there is a Wiener. Wiener. And, so, <laughs> uh, and so because they were often called sausage dogs, and it was just the shape, like the dog's hunt. And But remember that the first hot dogs were not the ones we eat. They were college men. In other words, show-offs. Oh, okay. Oh, like like hot-dogging it on the ski slope. There you right. go. Yeah. Many of these expressions have evolved. They originally mean one thing, then they mean another. For example, there's more than one way to skin a catfish is what it was meant to be. Because really? That, that is a very tough-skinned scavenger. <laughs> and then somebody left off fish, and it's been bugging us cat lovers ever since. <laughs> I was wondering about that. This is one's bugged me my whole life. My dad sat me down. He says, I want to tell you about the birds and the bees. And, and frankly, the birds and the bees have nothing to do with... Well, it's a very sanitary way of, of saying it. It's like saying, you know, look under the cabbage uh, in the cabbage patch. It, it's, uh, it was first recorded. Now, I give you the sources in the book. For example, many things go back to Shakespeare or the 1500s in some play or book. And... Often they weren't together. The birds were mentioned, the bees were mentioned, and then someone said it together. And because it's alliterative and that is so popular, it stuck. The birds and the bees, for instance. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's just, uh, and then, of course, it was used in, in lyrics like Cole Porter. And then that song around 1970, let me tell you about the birds, birds and, the, and bees. the bees. Oh, and yeah. the flowers and the trees. Exactly. What about Buck Naked? That's in there, too. A buck was also a color, and it was related to the word buff. 
and that would be basically the color of Caucasian skin, uh, at least European Caucasian skin as opposed to in India. Uh, and it, th that's in there, too, and also uh, other words having to do with uh, sexual terms are in there. Uh, some of them are G-rated. For example, to freeze the balls off a brass monkey is totally G-rated. I, I can't say that I've ever actually heard that term. Yeah, it, it is pretty rare today, but it has to do with cannonballs on ships and the fact that some metals uh, sort of shrink more in cold weather and then they fall off their the brass monkey, which was a tray holding the cannonballs. Ah. Some of these phrases and words are more used in Britain. For example, when you put down a woman in Britain, you'll say cow pretty often, which in the U.S., is not an insult, really. Um, in the, yeah, and the insult, it's in the U.S. It means fat. Because it's yes, a cow. exactly. Right. Okay, so after the show every day, I take my five cents that I earn and I put it in the old piggy bank. <laughs> I feed the kitty. <laughs> right. Where did those terms come from? Well, that's right. To feed the kitty. Well, okay, it, it could as easily have been a doggy bank, but in Britain, they used to make out of porcelain little uh, bed warmers that they called piggies. And then uh, they used a lot of kitchenware made of porcelain, including little containers for spare coins. And eventually, uh, it went from piggle, there was a word piggle, which also is a verb, uh, and they started trying to teach children thrift and give them a few coins to put into the piggy bank, but not too many. The idea was for them to add to it. And this is related to the expression nest egg. They used to put actual porcelain eggs in the nest of a chicken to encourage her to lay more eggs. <laughs> and, and so it became a term for something to add to, eventually a sum of money. But a nest egg was originally a porcelain nest egg. How long did it take you to research all of this? I mean, it's got to have taken a long time. Yes, and, and also to double-check all the facts. It took about 18 months, and I loved every minute of it, because, of course, it, we define the words and the stories of where expressions come from, but also there are all kinds of info bites. For example, why cats usually eat sitting up while dogs are usually standing up. And that goes back to the fact that the ancestors of dogs would hunt in packs, so in order to get your piece of the dead animal, the meal, uh, you, it's better if you're standing up, whereas cats are solitary hunters, except for lions, so they can afford to just sit down and eat what they've killed alone. Wow. I never noticed that. You know what? That is true, now that yeah. I think about it. This book is a whole lot of fun. And oh, and you just can't put it down. Well, you know what? I'm going to put it next to the, uh, it's, the it's going to become a bathroom book. And that's a good <laughs> thing, because really? it's it, you can digest it in short little amounts there. You find out a word a day. Oh, or, definitely. I, almost every page has something. There are about 300 pages, and it is a paperback, so sure, the bathroom is okay. The book is called Holy Cow. So, holy cow, where did that come from? Well, it was going to be called Talking Turkey, but that's a little cliche, and the publisher said we're publishing a cookbook with that title. So <laughs> I thought, well, how about Holy Cow, which is, and it's interesting, it's almost the opposite meaning of Sacred Cow, which is explained in the book. Bose, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Hal. Need a fix of the good stuff? Get more Animal Radio with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store.
Try our chicken rolled food as a meal or shred it as a topper. Celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And this hour, Miam Bialik. Miam. Miam, is it Miam? How, how do you say that? I really Mayim. should get it before she gets Mayim on the air. Miam Bialik. Miam Bialik. Yes. Like a Bialik. What's a bialy? It's a little uh, bagel, half bagel with onions on it. Oh, I didn't very! Know that. I just know she. I just know she's from Big Bang Theory. That's all I know. <laughs> not, not only Big Bang Theory, but she's also, of course, was Blossom, as you might remember. That's right. Yeah. I don't know where my. Oh, here it is. Um, Hal, I always heard the name pronounced Mayam. So Mayim? I, Mayim. You know, but you know when a name is spelled like that, and I, I bet everybody mispronounces it. So I think we're safe. Yeah. Oh boy, I should just go the opposite. I know it's of not my, much comfort, is it? Go go the opposite of my instincts on this? Yeah. Probably. She is also a uh, neuroscientist. Wow. Did you know that? I mean, not just an actor, but she uh, actually yeah. has a PhD. She went to school after Blossom, after the series ended. She went to school and got her PhD. While appearing on Doogie Howser and Murphy Brown and MacGyver yeah. and Empty Nest and Curb Your Enthusiasm. All these great shows. And now she's, uh, I guess I, I, I said this wrong before. I said that she was going to be hosting CatCon which is like Comic-Con, but for cats in mm-hmm. Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. It happened this last couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it did. So We missed it. We, we already missed it. We'll find out more, more about it. Hopefully they'll do it every year, and we'll catch it next year. That would be great. I think that... Yeah. I, can you imagine? I would walk in, my allergies would go crazy just like that. <laughs> would you wear a costume? A cat costume? Or cat ears or Cat anything? ears? Yeah. Sure I would. Yeah. yeah, I would want to be in the spirit. So she's on uh, this hour, and she'll tell us all about CatCon. Lori Brooks, working hard in the newsroom. There's some great news for one state in the country that, um, you know, when you're walking through a parking lot, you see the dog in a hot car. Well, this state may be letting you rescue that dog, and we'll tell you all about that coming up. Oh, I get to break the window? Yeah. You like breaking windows, don't you? I know. It's not easy to do. (laughs) No, it isn't. It's very hard. We've had to try at my office, and it's difficult. Yeah, and plus you don't want the glass to fly on the animal, too. Well, isn't it uh, isn't it like shatterproof glass? And that's actually why it's so hard to break. Oh. I mean, it doesn't uh, go into little pieces. I think pieces. you might be right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, so there you go. I, can I talk about this new story that you just gave me real fast? Do we have time? Yes, we do. Because it's, it's a funny story, I think. Uh, the headline, man calls 911 over three-hour standoff with aggressive pet cat. <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. I, I really don't even need to go much further, but I'll, I'll tell you the details anyway. This happened in Stanford, Connecticut. Uh, a man said he had to call 911 after he was stranded outside his home for three hours. Oh, my God. As a result of a standoff with his cat. Uh, he says he was inside and she attacked me and started scratching my leg and biting me. So me and my wife went outside and then we couldn't get back in. They called 911 and they actually have the 911 tape and you can hear him saying, you said this was a cat. <laughs> On the tape. I wish I had that. But according to police, the cat was a female, had just given birth roughly 24 hours prior to the incident, so that maternal aggression was probably what was going on. Get away from me and my baby. Overprotective. Uh, Fortunately, officers were able to calm the animal, and uh, the wife and uh, husband eventually got back inside the house and made amends with the cat. So it all ended well. And hopefully they'll be spaying that kid so that we don't have not only unwanted litters, but the aggression. Yeah, you don't want that. What do you say we hit the phones? 
And there's several ways you can ask your question. Download the Animal Radio app. You can ask directly from the app your questions for Dr. Debbie or for Joey Volani. Either email them or ask them right in person. A great, great app to have. So download it now. Uh, let's go to Wendy. Hey, Wendy. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Viola, Viola, California. Viola. Where is that? Next to Fresno. Next to Fresno. Oh, okay. Well, thank you so much for listening today. How can we help you? Well, um, I live in this tiny little town. We only have six streets, one stop sign. It's small. Uh Um, And I came from from Fresno, and so there I would walk my dogs quite often. And when I came here, I found it was harder to walk my dogs because um, there was a lot of loose dogs around, and I'm afraid to get attacked. And I have three wiener wiener dogs, three dutch hounds. And uh, two of them are seven years old, and they are obese. And I'm afraid that they're going to start, you know, the, the effects are going to start taking a toll on them. So I would like to walk mm-hmm. them more. However, I'm afraid uh, when I when I walk when I walk them, you know, they think that they're big, and so they 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 like to bark at other dogs. And so I, I'm just, you know, they they antagonize situations where there's other loose dogs. And so are you afraid dogs, of a confrontation? Are Are you afraid of a confrontation? Is that what you're? Yes, I'm a, like like how do how would I stop an attack from even starting to begin with? And then second, how do I? I mean, what do I do once one starts? I mean, do I separate mm. them? Do I? What do I do? Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Or like you know, do I carry around? Is there something I can carry around with me? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't want to hurt any other dog either. But I mean, I, I don't. I don't want my dogs to get hurt either. Yeah. So I don't know oh what gosh. To do with my fat weenie dogs. Right. Well, there's a there's definitely a couple things, and you you haven't had anything happen as of yet. Is that correct? You're just worried about it? No, no, no. Yeah, as of yet, okay. I haven't. But I mean, it came close because there's so many loose dogs in this tiny little mm-hmm. town. It's so uncontrolled. I mean, in Fresno, everybody was on. You know, most people, most people had their dogs restrained, and here I do. I have my dogs on leashes, mm-hmm. but there's lots of roaming dogs. Yeah. Well, the, the hard thing is you have dachshunds and they are little dogs with big personalities. And a lot of times when I'm walking my dogs, dachshunds are one of the breeds that are out there barking and I don't yeah. want to say antagonizing, but they actually bark and will approach um, a lot of the dogs much larger than them. So there, there is a little bit of that small dog syndrome thing going on. So mm-hmm. I think it is hard if you have three of these guys on leash and you're walking and you're worried about controlling the situation because with Three, you cannot control that. And there's really, it would be a horrible situation to have another dog come up and try to attack them because you would be divided. Your attention would be divided among the three dogs of your own and then trying to, you know, figure out how to thwart the other dog's effort. So that's hard. Um, Now, if you're walking a single dog, there's definitely some steps and some things that I can tell you, but um, you may want to look at a couple things first. One would be to introduce yourself to the neighbors. Um, See if you can introduce your dog to their dogs. Um, If it is a smaller community and we can make a a planned introduction and evaluate them cautiously, you can see a little bit better how they might interact and and make sure that you can just control that introduction first. And that might be an a one-on-one basis with individual dogs um, rather than kind of letting the whole herd go together and, and meet those okay. dogs at that time. Um, the other thing would be to make the decision to walk one dog at a time uh, for safety's sake. And you would you know, better be able to control the situation if something did occur. 
Um, but I will tell you, I walk among my neighborhood and I see a lot of situations. Sometimes it can get pretty scary. I've seen people mm-hmm. walking with baseball bats. Um, yeah, I've seen people. Yes, it's crazy, but th- it's hard to stop a dog that is attacking um, without getting yourself right in the way. But there's some things you can carry. Um, I've had people um, that have suggested using umbrellas and carrying an umbrella as a deterrent. And not so much to kind of whack a dog or anything like that, but <laughs> right, just... Right. Just yeah, opening yeah, that yeah. and kind of making noise and opening an umbrella can just distract a dog long enough to get them off making that eye contact and taking that drive towards another dog. So that can be something, as well as carrying um, citronella spray or pepper spray. If you get into a situation where you really have a bona fide attack, that might help um, deter a dog. Um, Would the pet corrector work? The pet corrector? Would that be enough? The pet corrector, yeah. So maybe a pet corrector is um, uh, the high-pressured uh, air sound. So for some dogs, that might work. It might not be oh, enough of distraction. Horn? Well, um, an air horn would be another thing. A pet corrector is just a like that sound, kind of like if you're using canned air to clean your keyboard on your computer. Oh, okay, okay. So, okay. But yeah, anything that's going to c- just capture the dog's attention long enough to get them off of their track. And... Um, the, the, the bad thing is you want to use any of these products cautiously because your own dog could, you know, prove victim to that. Right. If you're spraying a spray around the dogs or even a, you know, a noise horn, um, an ear horn could certainly frighten your own dog as well. So you just have right. to be kind of cautious with that. And then, you know, some dogs you can have treats and carry something really yummy and like throw that. And if you really do fear that something's going to happen, come equipped with edibles and see if that could dissuade them. Oh, that's a good them. idea. I didn't think about that one. Wow. Yeah. You've got a bunch of yeah. Ideas there, yeah, and it's really hard because I think you gotta know a little bit about the dog's personality that you're trying to avoid a confrontation from, and that's where I think you know getting to know your neighbors and and because uh, I know a lot of communities the dogs do run at large, and sometimes it's a little bit more uh, they seem a little bit more um, threatening when the dog one dog is on a leash and the other's off leash and we do find a lot of times when dogs are not on that leash they do behave in a little bit more relaxed manner when there is an introduction so um, that's why dogs at dog parks sometimes get along better than when they're walking uh, down the sidewalk opposing each other so well maybe maybe I'll do that because I, I do take a certain path so maybe I'll just walk along the street and and you know get associated with my neighbors and their pets a little more and i didn't think about introducing the dogs to each other but but maybe they can become friends and and it'll be a pleasant walk then Mm -hmm. and then they'd look forward to it too yeah 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 well hopefully that helps you and i really need to um i really need to get them to lose some weight i'm glad you're conscious about that because there are so many animals that are obese and and overweight in fact i think the the statistic is like one out of every three is overweight so i'm glad that you're getting yours back to health and that uh, hopefully you'll meet some neighbors and maybe meet some friends that you can have play dog dates with down the line who knows that sounds good take care of yourself Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. A crime involving a gray goose and an alligator recently went down in Louisiana. Dixie Inn officers were called to the Thirsty's Liquor Store after employees observed 23-year-old Terry Jones steal a bottle of gray goose vodka. When the police came, Jones, who was sitting in his car, removed his pants and ran across the street and jumped into a swamp.
A short time later, Jones leapt out of the swamp being chased by a large alligator. He quickly surrendered to the police. The town district attorney was quoted as saying, the crime-stopping alligator deserves some kind of award or citation, but it would be hard to find him. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. If you are trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO, private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 877-247-1584. Hi, this is Justin Silver from CBS's Dogs in the City here on Animal Radio. Just reminding you to always stay new to your pets. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. We're moments away from Maya Bialik from the Big Bang Theory in Blossom. She's uh, she just attended CatCon in L.A. It sounds like a lot of fun. We'll have to be yes. there next year for that. Uh, so she'll be joining us in just a couple of minutes. Before that, we'll be taking your calls. Uh, don't forget, this Friday is Take Your Pet to Work Day. For those of you that already don't do it all the time. Uh, <laughs> we do we, it all the time. I, I take it for granted because I take my pet to work mm-hmm. every day. So uh, be sure to take your pet to work. For, you know, it's going to increase productivity. If you're a boss and you're saying, hmm, don't want any animals in the office, think about this. A dog in the office will actually calm your staff down and they'll be more productive. There's research to back that up. I don't know where it is, but I can find it if you need it. Uh, let's see. It's uh, almost Wednesday. There's one, two, three more. Four more days to go. And on Wednesday, we have Wacky Wednesday at our Facebook page where you get to upload your Wacky Wednesday pictures, your crazy pictures of your pets. And uh, we all vote. The most likes and the most shares picks up amazing prizes every week over at our Facebook page. What are you giving away this week? This week from PetMate, we have the Chuck It Ultra Sling. It's one of those things where you can just chuck the toy really far so you don't have to throw I out your those. arm. Aren't those great? They're, they're an arm saver, especially if you've got a retriever. Yeah. <laughs> really yeah. well, how exciting is that? All you have to do is upload your Wacky Wednesday pictures and then let the let the magic happen right after that over at our Facebook page at Animal Radio. Lori Brooks working hard in the newsroom. What stories are you going to uncover today? We're going to talk about uh, the connection of pets and marijuana because every time you turn around these days, there's you think there's hemp. And there's something that's made out of hemp, and it's related to marijuana. And then there's cannabis, which is an ingredient in marijuana, and it's found in some supplements and things like that that we're seeing now marketed towards pets. So we'll find out more about that. Dr. Debbie, isn't pot dangerous for your pets? I mean, you always tell me that... 
Well, you always tell the listeners. You don't. You tell the. You tell the listeners. <laughs> stay out of your stash. Keep the keep the cats and the dogs away from your stash. Is what you say. Absolutely. Yeah. And and marijuana is toxic to animals when they ingest large amounts of the different components. And and the problem is that the. The THC is actually it's stored in the fat tissue. So I've seen dogs actually affected for days um, where they can't walk. Um, they have trouble breathing. Um, so they can require some extensive hospitalization and monitoring. And, um, when, so when your clients bring those in, do they say, hey, they've been in my pot stash? Or do they say, hey, I don't know what happened. You know, sometimes, but not always. And the, the thing that I really like to point out to people is that I'm going to have to do a lot of tests to figure out what it is. If you don't tell me it's pot and then they kind of like, and then I usually leave the room and a lot of times then the truth comes out because if, when they realize I got to do all these other tests to look for a different situation, when they come clean, it really, then we can get to work, help their pet and to to really do the best for the animal. So you're saying be honest. If your animal got into your stash and you have to go to the vet, be honest, tell the vet what's going on. Be honest. Yes. And don't throw your, your friends under the bus. Cause I've had that happen too, where I've had (laughs) visiting relatives or my best friend stayed over, you know, take, take it for what it is and, you know, tell your parents, tell your spouse, whatever it might be, come clean. Very good. And you're not, it's not you to call the cops if they tell you something like that, right? No, that's that's a great point because veterinarians are not bound by any reason. And, and we really don't care. It's not our, it doesn't worth the time you of You care day. about the animal. We yeah. want to take care of your pet. So, um, yes, come clean to us. You will not see us calling the police on you. Um, so, yeah. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Let's hit the phones for your calls right now. Hi, Vicki. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Where are you calling from today? I am in Idaho. Mm, is that where you live? Very beautiful place. <laughs> I'm actually a chick driver, and I'm on the road right now. Okay. A chick driver? Is, is that what you called yourself? <laughs> I like that. Chicks drive much better than guys. I understand you want to talk to Dr. Debbie. Hi yes. there. Hi. I so have what do you got going a nine-year-old Boston Terrier, and she has uh, demodectic mange mites. Okay. And I'd like to know if there's something that's natural that I can treat her with. Okay. Alrighty. Well, I guess we'll back up a little bit because demodex mites are really common in the Boston Terriers. Um, it's, you know, more common, I'd say, in the young pups, um, because it is a function of their immune system and how it's maturing. So there's the young dog form and kind of the old dog form or mature dog form. Um, so in a young dog, I expect this in a Boston and I'm not too bothered by it. In an older dog, it does bother me if we detect demodex mites and not so much because the mites themselves serious, but in order for it to occur in an adult dog, there's usually got to be something wrong that's kind of making their immune system out of whack, because the normal pet um, actually, believe it or not, has these mites on their skin. I might even find them on a perfectly normal pet if I scrape their skin. The, the, the problem is, is when their immune system and their skin can't kind of fight this off. So for an adult dog like right. yours, I would say, okay, you know, there's ways to treat the mites, but my bigger concern is why did she get these? And I'd want to make sure we check for a couple different health problems because it's real common in dogs that have underlying hormone problems like thyroid problems, um, Cushing's disease, which is an adrenal gland problem, um, diabetes, and you know even cancers and so forth. So the other things that kind of take her stresses away from fighting off the mites are going to be my bigger concern. The mites can be treated, um, but for an adult dog, sometimes it's much harder to treat them and to get rid of them because of these underlying factors. So now an 
answer to your question, is there something natural you can do? Uh, not really. Um, sometimes we'll use probiotics to boost immune support, um, but really it's a function to get into the heart of the problem and then to address these mites. She is a blue and white Boston, and because they're not typically supposed to be blue, she has had a lot of skin problems. And having the blue color dilution um, in a lot of breeds, yeah, that signals uh, kind of a life lifelong skin disorders and problems, and they just don't have the normal defenses when it comes to uh, dermatological problems. This is Animal Radio. Hi, this is Jenna Fisher on Animal Radio. Please spay and neuter your animals. Attention sports fans, now you can watch every football game you want all season long without leaving your home with Dish for about 50 bucks a month. Compared to your cable bill, you can save almost $600 a year. Call right now and sign up for Dish and watch every football game you want. With Dish, there are no boxes to pay, plus get free installation as soon as tomorrow if you call now. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch your favorite sports and channels on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Be one of the first 100 orders right now and get a free voice remote. Don't miss a single football game all year long and save a ton of money. Get a free voice remote and free installation as soon as tomorrow. But you gotta call All American Dish right now. 800 380 4452. 800 380 4452. 800 380 4452. That's 800 380 4452. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. You know, it seems like these days, every time you turn on the TV, there's a news magazine show doing a story on marijuana. It's just a lot going on. And, you know, it's in the news because it is legal now in some states for recreational and medicinal use. But that does not mean that it is safe for your pet. Some things to think about. In fact, uh, marijuana can be toxic to pets, experts reveal now, for pets that ingest too much raw or cooked or baked marijuana, which are sold in edible things like brownies and cupcakes and candies, because animals metabolize marijuana differently than people do. Symptoms of marijuana poisoning in pets include a pet that is listless, uh, a loss of their motor coordination and balance, vomiting, hypothermia, which means cool, cold, uh, drooling. In some severe cases, uh, seizures, coma, even death can be involved with marijuana poisoning. Now, if your pet is showing signs of that, you want to get it to a veterinarian immediately and be honest with your vet is probably one of the key points here about what you think the cause is because it will help him or her to quickly diagnose and treat your pet. Most veterinarians, they say, agree that much more discussion is needed and research necessary to determine the real benefits of marijuana and safe and appropriate dosing levels and protocols for treatment on animals. I want to remind you that the American Veterinary Medical Association says it does not sanction the use of marijuana treatment for pets, but they have published several articles addressing the possible benefits of its use. It's one of those evolving stories, and we will keep you posted on how it changes. Subaru says nearly 70% of its customers are pet owners owning at least one dog, and it's because of that fact that the company says it's going to continue to support pet safety and crash testing of pet safety products in a new campaign with the Center for Pet Safety. The automaker and CPS will be funding 
testing of pet crates and small carriers in crash situations, as well as examine crates and carrier structural integrity. You know, it should be interesting. I'm Lori Brooks. Be sure to get more breaking animal news anytime you need it at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Uh, let's see. Which one are we going to? Let's go to line two. Okay, Todd. Hey, Todd. I just, she didn't tell me which one to go to. I just, is this Todd? Yes, sir. How you doing? Good. How are you doing, Todd? Excellent. I have got an African gray that allows us to live in our house with him. Uh, we love our little birdie. Isn't that the truth, though? His name is Tiki. We've had him about three years now. When we first got him, love him, adorable little pet, would love to be loved, and his head scratched and all that. And he's developed a bad habit of uh, suckering you in with his low head down, and you come in, and then he bites. He bites good and hard. Mm-hmm. And we can't get him through the nipping stage, and it's not just a nip; he draws blood. Yes. Oh well, and this is a, a big problem. These guys are very clever, and like you said, uh, he's permitting you to live in his home, so he is patterning your behavior to that of which he desires. Now, I have to ask you: Do do you guys handle him as far as does he sit on your shoulder? Do you have him out interacting, or is he more um, a, a bird you don't handle a whole lot? He's handled a lot. I wouldn't put him on my shoulder because I like my earlobes. But we do. He's got a, we have a, a little tree branch that we have on wheels. I mean, he's part of the family. We've got many critters in our house. We have two dogs, five cats, a Euromastic, and an iguana. So he's a okay. part of our family. He's, he's right in the living room. He's part of everything. He's super intelligent, picks up wording and sounds. I can never tell if my phone's ringing or the front doorbell's going off because he likes <laughs> to mess with us. He's super cool, and he could have such a super cool life if he was not drawing blood all the time. I get it. Now, the, the big challenge here is that when birds do these kind of behaviors, especially when we have problem biting, we have to really kind of back up and look before this behavior happens. And you said that it kind of starts where he kind of looks cute and coy and drops his head down and wants a little petting. Now, if that is what precedes most of these bite attempts, we need to actually kind of intervene and not give in to that behavior. He's doing that, sets up the pattern for you to get bit. We need to try to find something else to redirect his behavior so we don't continue this pattern. So really, it is a matter of kind of taking control of some of the uh, the basic commands when it comes to, to birds. And that is, that's kind of going back to the basics of, you know, perching, the up commands, the down commands, and having you be more in control of his world rather than the other way around. Now, if it's a matter of your fingers are going to get destroyed in the process and you're going to be having cuticles bleeding and uh, fingernails coming off and things like that, we don't want that to happen. So we want you to be comfortable and we want you to feel confident as you're working with him. So if you are going to be asking him to come out of the cage or getting him up on your finger, we want you to be doing that comfortably. If, if you can't do that, then we use a perch as kind of a, um, a substitute. Um, but I really, when he does that little cute, coy little thing, 
the last thing you want to do is give in, scratch that head. And, and a lot of birds, you know, these kind of cuddling behaviors, they're very much a pair bonding behavior. So that's what birds do in the wild when they're kind of got their mate. And that's a very sexual, a very bonding experience. So in some cases, that can actually be just a little bit too much. And we'll see these aggressive behaviors um, kind of become uh, a displaced behavior um, in that in that situation. So I would say back off from any kind of cuddling and scratching with him and go mm-hmm. back to the basics of the, the perching. Um, and then, the cuddling and scratching as much anymore because it often leads to bloodshed. And the little man it, is so intelligent that he will yell in my tone, Tiki, no, be right before he bites me because he knows that's what's coming next. <laughs> Tiki, no. He's a pisser. Exactly. We love him. You know, he'll be around forever, but I'm tired of bleeding. Exactly. And, you know, and you got that because they are so smart and they understand there's a, there's something that's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. This is what I'm going to hear afterwards. So really we may have to stop that pattern of he does that behavior. Do not give into that. Give him something else to do. We want to give him some other behavior. And that's where giving the basic thing, like the step up command is just so important to give him something else to do or to think about. And then also we use food as a reward. So we really want to make sure that if anything, we kind of keep the food a little bit to the side. Use food as a treat and a reward when you're having these little training sessions. So I'm not saying starve them, <laughs> but sometimes uh, it's a great motivator. And if he doesn't have a full bowl of food ready for him, he might be more um, primed to work for those extra treats. Um, and, and, you know, one thing, if you haven't looked for this, this is a great resource. I do tell a lot of my bird um, uh, lovers to uh, purchase is a, a book. Basically, it's called... Uh, uh, Birds for Dummies, I believe, is one of the regular old Amazon books out there. But it does have a very nice section on basic bird behavior, and it kind of puts it in the mindset of, you know, this is what my action is, and this is what the bird's going to do, and how do we break some of these cycles? Um, because it is a complicated issue, and gosh, I, you know, we could probably chat for, you know, a good hour or two about some of the different behaviors and how we intervene I can, with I this. I chew your ear off on, on just, I would like to hang out with somebody else who had an African grade to watch their bird because either that's normal or mine's out of his mind because A, he will walk backwards when he's on the floor. He will <laughs> slam his head into the ground and looks like a dinosaur running. I mean, he's hilarious and he's, oh. he's loved, he, he, he loves us, but he also loves to bite us, which is extremely annoying. Yes, well, they are great comedians, so that's the one thing. And and they, uh, you know, they know that he's getting your attention. So you know, you're laughing, you're entertained, and he's running the show. So um, yeah, as much as it is, you know, we don't want to react to the biting. We don't want to give a negative uh, response because birds don't really respond well to that. As you probably figure it out if you yell at them, mm-hmm. uh, it just it, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't help anywhere in that bird back. bond. He back, and it sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> now, I guess the question would be is, you know, if he can mimic, uh, you know, arguments between husband and wife, that would be kind of interesting. <laughs> he picks up more things than I need to say on the radio. They're, they're <laughs> smart birds. We wish you the best of luck with that. Let us know how that turns out. Hi, it's Alan Cable with another dog tip. I have a friend who came over for a visit last night. Her daughter's pregnant, and she was trying to get the dog in the kennel when he put his teeth on her arm. So this friend adopted the dog, which is a smart idea. It's never okay for a dog to put his teeth on you. In fact, from a very young age, you've got to teach your dog that. No teeth on humans. It's a real good idea to teach your kids all about dogs. How to behave and act around them, especially strange dogs, and how to approach to say hi. Typically, a dog is going to warn you before he bites you. But you've got to recognize those signs. 
signs. Let's talk about how kids and you should approach a dog. First, find out from the dog's owner if he's friendly and if it's okay to pet him and where it's okay to pet him. You know, some older dogs have hip pain. So if you didn't know that and went to pat him on the side by his leg, it might hurt him enough to where he'd turn around and snap at you. Always calmly approach dogs. Matter of fact, my dog feels threatened when people approach him. He's much more comfortable when he's allowed to approach the person. So when people ask to pet him, I say, it's fine, just let him come to you. Some of the important things your child should know is to never run up to a dog, whether he knows the dog or not. Fast movements can activate a dog's predatory instincts. You know, they're pack animals. And a lot of them have the prey instinct. So if you run towards them or away from them, they might see it as a chase. So you approach slowly and calmly and let them do what dogs do. Sniff ya. Another good idea, don't try to pet a dog on the head. They see that as dominance. You're over them. Instead, pet him under the chin. Above all, if a dog growls or shows his teeth, just stop. Tell your child never to approach a dog that's eating or try to take his toy away from him. Instead, just hang out, be calm, and wait for the dog to drop his toy. Then you can try picking it up to play. Never leave a small child alone with a dog. Kids don't know any better. They might unintentionally challenge or hurt the dog. Also, teach your child how to pet a dog gently. And no hugging, squeezing, or pulling. I've seen small kids hitting a dog on the head thinking they're petting him, but they're not. Make sure your kids and you don't play tug-of-war with the dog. If the dog wins, he's going to see himself as dominant. And watch the dog closely for signs. If he doesn't want to be pet anymore, you'll see it. And remember, always be there to supervise the interaction. Are you tired of high cable TV rates? Sign up for Dish today and get a $500 bonus offer while supplies last. Plus, lock in your price for two years guaranteed. Call All-American Dish, your dish-authorized retailer now. 800-380-4452. 800-380-4452. That's 800-380-4452. Offers require credit qualification, 24-month commitment, early termination fee, and e-auto pay. Restrictions apply. Call for details. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio, celebrating our connection with our pets toll-free at 1-866-405-8405. I'm delighted to say we are joined by Maya Bialik. We, we were worried that we were going to be stood up for a second, but we I guess we had the wrong phone we number. We had the wrong number. Uh, yeah, I'm sitting right here. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing okay. Tell us about, are there any animals sitting next to you? Um, I am within sight of one cat and the other is hiding because it's hot out. Oh, no, there she is. Yeah. <laughs> we are with Maya Bialik. She, of course, from the Big Bang Theory. And, and Blossom is where I, in particular, remember you from. Yes. You uh, also are a neuroscientist. Yeah, well, I, I'm trained in neuroscience. Obviously, I'm a full-time actor, as everybody knows. But yes, my, my, my degree is in neuroscience. I got a PhD from UCLA uh, before I returned to acting, which is where I am now. What, what did you think you were going to do instead of acting? Um, uh, what many people who get PhDs do, uh, I was going to be a research professor. I, I taught for many years, and I actually taught after I got my degree. Um, so yeah, that's what people do with neuroscience. This is a lot wow. more fun, though, isn't it? Uh, it depends on the day. (laughs) (laughs) You just came from CatCon, which is, tell us about CatCon. It's like Comic-Con, I assume, but for cats. Right. That's how it, that's how it was, it was, uh, described to me. It's like, uh, Comic-Con, but for cats, you know, I mean, obviously dog people are very special, but cat people are very special in a special way. And this convention was just full of people looking for like cat products and, you know, there was cat food stuff, but there was cat t-shirts and stickers and almost everyone I saw had on some different like cat dress or a cat scarf or a cat tie. Like it was a really, really fun day. How many people <laughs> would you say showed up for that? 
Oh, they had thousands. I think they sold like 6,000 tickets just for the day that I was there. Um, But yeah, I had a little booth there and I did a meet and greet and, you know, talked about the importance of pet adoption, obviously. So did you uh, debunk the cat lady myth? (laughs) You know, we're we're trying to. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I introduced a panel that where they had two kind of experts talk about, you know, sort of uh, cats and cat people. Um, But what I'm doing is this meow out yourself um, campaign. We're trying to get people to send in or post and hashtag meow out pictures of themselves breaking the stereotype. So we all know sort of the stereotype of like the spinster lady with her cat all by herself. Um, But there are people who do amazing things with their cats. Uh, Some suggestions that we've heard are like there are people who rock climb with their cats. I knew someone who was a banker and took the cat to work every day. So we're looking for people to post um, pictures of themselves and then there'll be a contest and I'm going to judge who is best the the face of today's cat person it's kind of a neat thing to do and obviously raising awareness about the importance of pet adoption in general but also that you know cats are wonderful pets they are loyal they they can be obedient they're loving um it you know really transforms your life to adopt a pet and um you know we hope that more cats get adopted before we let you go tell us what you do to spoil your animals What's oh the, the, the silliest thing? In my bed, <laughs> under the covers with their heads on the pillow. There's like, there's no area that I really restrict them from. Like, you know, this is their world too. And uh, I, I'm just a guest. <laughs> Aren't we all in a cat's world? <laughs> yes. Thank you so Perfect. much for spending time with us today. Thank you, guys. I Thank really appreciate you. it. I'm sorry that you had the wrong number. <laughs> That's okay. Take Not care. your problem. Thank you. Bye. Alrighty, take care. Bye-bye. Hi, John. Good morning. How are you doing? Good morning, evening, whatever. How are you doing today, John? Okay, I've got a 12-year-old, or a little older than 12, cockapoo. Okay. And she, she's got warts. Okay. Got three, three of them at a pretty fair size, maybe as big as the end of your little finger. All right, and where are these located at? On her side, upper side. Now, I've had her to the vet. Okay. And the vet wants, vet wants to put her to sleep and surgically remove them. Uh, and well, her age worries me about putting her to sleep. Okay. Well, I'll tell you my spin on things. Um, age by itself doesn't scare me. Um, what scares me is the overall health status of a pet. So if we have a senior pet, I'm a little more cautious about anesthesia. I want to make sure it's the best choice for the animal and that they're in good health going into it. But I'm not necessarily, with older pets, just afraid of it. Now, what okay. I would say, the first the first thought I think of when we talk about warts in dogs, and some breeds are definitely more prone to these little things, uh, poodles, shih tzus, lassa oxas, mm-hmm. they, they tend to have these what kind of look like what we call warts in people. And it's important to know that they're not the same thing. Um, they're really not viral warts. Generally, they're skin tumors. And, and in 98% of the cases, they're benign. So that kind of tells us, okay, we can relax a little bit and think about what's the <laughs> well, best that, check. Um, that was what my vet told me good good so the thing that i usually do is when i look at warts on dogs i look at where they're located if they're bothering the pet and how many we really have Um, i'm not always very anxious to knock a pet out under general anesthesia to take warts off unless it's really warranted meaning that we've got some tough areas to work on that we can't do with a, a pet awake and doing a local anesthetic so for me number one thing i do for warts is if they're in a friendly location and i say anywhere on the torso is friendly for me i can usually remove that in a dog awake Um, some dogs need a little sedative if possible but that's a nice area to work on with a local anesthetic and i I try to accomplish that if at all possible okay but there's not a there's not a a type of medication or like compound w for a person 
No, absolutely not, because it's not the same thing. So, yeah, it's not caused by a virus. It's actually a tumor. In most cases, they're tumors of the sebaceous glands, the little glands within the skin. So, yeah, don't put anything on there. Don't, yeah, don't try to take it off yourself. Um, I guess my feeling is if, if it's not bothering your pet and it's not in an area that's a real difficult area to work with, I, I ask your vet if, if this could be something you could take off with just a little local anesthetic and save you the heartache and save your pet the trouble of having to go under anesthesia. So if it is a uh, problem area or it's getting to bother your pet, uh, I'd say let's let's lop this sucker off there. <laughs> and that's what we're going to do. We're going to lop it off. Thank you, John, for your call. Well, there you go. It just blew by. Once again, I want to thank Mia and Bialik for joining us on the show today. That was fun. She's a high energy. She is high energy. Thank you so much, Dr. Marty Becker and Bose Hadley all for joining us on Animal Radio and especially you. We'll see you next week. Bye. This is Animal Radio Network. Network.